What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Constance the Podcast. I'm your host, Constance Annan. If you're new here, this is a daily show. Many new episodes drop every day. And if you're listening in on podcast streaming platforms, feel free to head on over to YouTube because this is a visual podcast. Just search for Constance the Podcast and there you will find me. All right. Um, happy Sunday, you guys. What do you guys do or how do y'all like to enjoy y'all Sundays? That's what I want to know. What does a good Sunday look like to you? Comment that down below. A good Sunday to me looks like me chilling in my house. Of course, podcasting and not having to do too much. Unfortunately, today does not look like my ideal Sunday because after I podcast, I got to run to the grocery store. I got to clean. I got to do my hair. I got to get ready for work. I have definitely forgotten what it feels like to only have a two-day weekend. Y'all know I've had an, uh, an ongoing weekend for the past three months. Every day I've been at home. So I've just been used to kicking it and cooling it and like, wow, I actually have something to do tomorrow. So I'm not spending my Sunday the way I would like, but it's okay. God is good. Very blessed to have a job. Very blessed to be up. Very blessed to be here. You guys, we're going to get into the book of Job. If you're new here, uh, we've been reading the book of Job. And as I've read, I've just come and recapped it with y'all. We're wrapping it up today. Um, Job 38 through 42. We're going to end the book and we're just going to see what I've been able to interpret from my reading. Now, as I always say, I'm not a pastor. Do not take my word for anything. If you're following along, I hope you are actually reading and coming up with your own interpretations. I would love to hear what y'all's thoughts are. Please feel free to comment down below as I go in to speak. Um, we're going to go ahead and pray. Just ask God to guide us and be with us in the spirit as we go in and dissect the word. And then after we do some Bible study, we're going to get into the advice column submission for today. And then we're going to end the show. Okay, you guys. So, Close your eyes, bow your heads, and let us begin to pray. Father God, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you, God, for, for our homes and our good health, for our families. Thank you, God, for everything. We love you and we appreciate you, God. As we come together to read and dissect your word, I ask that you open our ears, hearts, and minds to receive your word. God, guide my tongue, guide my heart, and allow me to interpret this word the way you've intended. God, we love you. We appreciate you. We're so blessed to serve a God as great as you. We thank you for everything, all of the opportunities you've, pro you've provided us with, all of the basic necessities that you've provided us with, all of the greatness that you're going to do in our lives. God, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I get into the word, y'all, I came across a post today. It was a quick um, verse from Psalm 23. And I read it and I was like, dang, one thing David did not play about was God. Like he really, I mean, the whole book of Psalms, if you don't know, is endless chapters dedicated to how great God is. It's, it's, it's poems or letters. I don't know how you would describe it, but they're just written to God, right? And it's, I think it's dope that David took it upon himself to do that. But I think it's even more dope that David was able to acknowledge all of the greatness that God did for him. So see, I wasn't even going to do this, but I got to read what I read. Just because I felt like it held some weight. JT tweeted it. And if you ain't know, um, if you ain't know Psalm 23 or you didn't know the Bible, you would have thought those were her bars. Like David was really spitting. Hold up. We got it. We got it. We got to get into it real quick. All right. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Like, that's just appreciating the things that God does for us, you know? I really liked it. I could dig it. Um, I was just about to say it wasn't anything serious, but that's pretty serious. Like, understanding that God is preparing a table. People love to people love to talk about, oh, my haters are my motivators, or I'm still going to eat regardless if you don't eat whatever they just be coming up with crazy things to say and David already been on top of that back when 
back when whatever time period it was, David was telling his haters, like, look, God got me. Not even telling his haters, just acknowledging, like, God, I see that you got me, even in the midst of all the people that have negative things to say about me. On top of that, he acknowledges, God, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Like, with you, God, I will never not have what I need because you got me. All right, so let's go into Job 30. Eight. For those of y'all that want to like read that in full, it's um, Psalm 23. You just open open your phone, get on Google, Google Psalm 23. You'll be able to read the whole um, chapter. All right. So we are at Job 38. Y'all know Job been having the mumps and the measles and he been going through it. Friends ain't been rocking for him the way they should have been rocking for him. And on top of that, he been really upset with God. Right. All right. So He's been having this nonstop banter with friends. Elihu, one of his friend's sons, steps in, kind of flips his perspective and uh, challenges Job to remember that God is greater than we can even imagine. So whatever you think you're going through, you'll never even really understand the magnitude of why you're going through it or what's even happening to you. God is so big. God is so great. He's not simple. Like, you know, stop, stop limiting God and his reasoning for things. You'll never understand it. That's pretty much what Elihu was saying, right? All right, so let's get into chapter 38. This is when God finally steps in. I've been waiting for God to step in because I've been so tired of seeing Job and his friends go back and forth about nothing. Um, Job 38, verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. So, this is the NIV version, and I really like this translation. Verse 2, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Um, that's God pretty much saying, like, who is this that's trying to challenge my plans? You know nothing. Um, I love how it was phrased like that because it puts into perspective that all that Job is going through is a part of his plan. I think when we sit and we, you know, when we're going through the, the, the bumps in the road, when shit's not going good, our first instinct is, God, why me? I don't think I'll speak for myself. I don't necessarily sit and think, okay, this is a part of God's plan. This is a part of something so much bigger. I don't think about that. Right. But when I'm on a good track and things are going good, I'm like, yeah, this is God's plan. Everything's going good. So I think this uh, verbiage just allows me to put into perspective that everything going on in my life, whether I see it as good or bad is a part of God's plan. So I really like that. So, um, yeah, the God is speaking. He speaks pretty much throughout this whole chapter. And in this chapter, he's basically um, like this is verse four. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Like God's just laying it to him. Like you don't even know. You don't even know the magnitude of what I've done. And if you do know, then break it down to me. Like God came in real sassy. Like, come on, don't play with me right now. That's the energy God had. Um, anytime, anytime God speaks in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, it's so sassy, but I F with the sassiness because it's like, don't play with me. Like I let you have your moment. You say what you had to say, but you know that I am so great. Like, come on. Right. All right. So they go on, God goes on and on and on, like breaking down the things that he has, he has done. Right. And then, um, in chapter 40, In chapter 40, God says again, will the one who contends with the almighty correct them? This is again in the NIV version. Let him who accuses God 
answer him. So God's like, all right, I'm giving you your chance to speak. You better have some, you better say something good. Like God's like, all right, now's your time. Cause he talked for chapter 38 and 39. That was God speaking in those two chapters. So Job finally speaks. And this is what Job says back. Now, I hope y'all remember the energy Job had in the beginning because Job was very much so like, God, why me? I don't deserve this. Like God was, I mean, Job was speaking with his chest in the past couple chapters. So this is Job now. He's like, um, this is chapter 40, verses four. Job says, I am unworthy. Oh, sorry. Let me reverse three. Then Job answered the Lord. I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice. Wait, I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? And that's pretty much what Job was doing. Job was condemning God to justify himself. Like, I've been a good person. I don't deserve this. I haven't sinned. I don't deserve this. So God's like, all right, you're going to basically... I wanted to use a cuss word, but I'm going to say I, I bit my tongue. You wanted to, um, again, condemn me just to justify yourself. Like, all you care about is, is yourself in this sense. And I had told y'all to remember the same energy that Job had in the beginning. And you see a, a shift in his energy. He's coming to God very humbly. I think now at this point we're seeing that Job realizes, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is God. I don't even know what I was thinking in the beginning. Um, I read, like, somebody else's interpretation online and um this chapter starts with or excuse me 38 starts with then the lord spoke to job out of the storm and it kind of the inter and the interpretation that i read phrased the storm as like when we're going through things and then you take that time to sit with god and you hear god's voice i guess i always imagine that people in the bible were having like real life conversations with god like they could phone him not really phone him but they were really hearing him and i think that that interpretation allowed me to kind of shift my perspective and see that like in the midst of the storm, not real, not a literal storm, but in the midst of Job's turmoil, he heard God's voice the way we would hear God's voice in prayer or whatever it is. Um, anyways, we see that Job is not humbled. And, um, I also, in the midst of reading, I began thinking to myself, like, why did God wait so long why didn't God intervene chapters ago like why did God allow all of that banter to go on for over 30 chapters before he stepped in and I was questioning that right and I sat with myself and I was sitting with myself I was talking to God I'm like God like break this down to me I don't understand and all I heard was you know everything is in God's timing not ours and that's just true another thing to put into perspective like and bringing it back full circle to the beginning, everything is just a part of God's plan. So anyways, this chapter, the whole, basically after Job, you know, is humble and, and tells God like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't speak anymore. God goes on to remind him of the greatness that he has done. And then we get to the end, chapter 42, right? And in chapter 42, Job says, this is chapter 42, verse one. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard you, but my eyes now have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. All right. So then we get to the epilogue of Job. This is the end of it. This is 42, seven through 17. 
And the God basically turns to Job's friends and it's like, I mean, you guys, you guys were misleading Job the whole time. You guys weren't speaking the way you needed to speak on me. And so for that, I'm not rocking with y'all right now until y'all take a burnt offering, sacrifice it, and have Job pray for you. So Job actually does pray for his friends, ask God for forgiveness, you know, does the whole sacrifice that they usually do in the Bible with the burnt offering. And then um, God accepts Job's prayer. All right. And uh, I think in this instance, I got to see that like Job was very forgiving. Job was very forgiving. We're seeing a lot of Job's character, actually. He's humble. He's forgiving. And um, he repented. You know, he he professed the, or he acknowledged his wrongdoing. And he brought it before God, and he was just open about it. And so, verses 10 through 17 go on to talk about the fact that God restored everything that Job had lost. Um, the Lord restored his fortune to gave him twice as much as he had before all his brothers and sisters and everyone that knew him came before him and ate at his house. Um, they comforted and consoled him. The Lord blessed the later part, the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, like God just blessed him. And so my whole thought process is like, okay, what did Job do to get everything restored? And, I think in being humble, in repenting, and in being forgiving, we get to see, like, a development of Job's character. And in that development, I think that is when God deemed it uh, the right time to bless Job. I think in reading this book, I was very confused. I don't know what it was that I was expecting. I think I was expecting this whole time. I was hoping that it would end with Job getting everything restored, right? But I still sat like on the fence. I just didn't know when it was going to come because it took so long. So I already talked to y'all about how everything is done in God's timing. And then this is what I wrote down in my notes. So I'm just going to read it to you guys and then we can talk about it there. Um, I have that God gives and he can take away. And in that same breath, what he takes away, he can also restore. So I think that's an important message to understand. Uh, when things are going left, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll always go left. Like God is in full control and it can come back to you in full. Um, and then I also have efforts should not be made towards understanding why God does what he does. Efforts should be made towards continuing to have faith, praising God and exalting his name. It's also important to understand that he's in full control and that he is powerful. Um, our efforts should be made towards knowing God not knowing his plan. I think this whole time as I'm reading, I'm so invested in what is God's plan? What is God going to do? What's going to happen? And I think the lesson that you can take away in that conversation that Job was having with his friends and with Elihu is that just remember who God is. That's what Elihu brought up. And as you, and when God confronted Job's friends, Elihu was left out of the mix. He confronted the other friends that were telling Job that, like, you had to have done something wrong. Elihu was the only one that was like, look, God is so great. You just don't know what's coming. You don't know what God's plan is. And I think that that's really what we have to remember at the end of everything. doesn't matter what we're going through. God is in full control because God is the one who told Satan, like, you can touch Job, but you can't do this. Like, God controlled this whole thing. And again, in 38, we see God asking, who is the one that is trying to obscure my plans? Like, this is all a part of God's plan. And I think as followers of God, it's important to... Trust his plan and not even worry about his plan. 
take time to get to know him. That's why the conversation between God and Job begins with God asking, like, do you know who I am? And starts listing out all of the things that he has done, everything that he's capable of. And I mean, the way God is even phrasing it is like, if you are all knowing, talking to Job, then you tell me how all of these things were done. Um, I think it's just, <laughs> I, I really hope I'm breaking it down to you guys. I feel like I was, there's just a, I want to say I was a little confused while reading, but as I get to the ending point, that's just the message that I can take away from it. Focus on knowing God and not knowing his plan because God's plan will come into fruition whenever God is ready for those things to happen. And all we can do is just sit back and allow God's plan to take full course. Because like I said in the beginning, when things are going good, we're like, hey, it's God's plan. So I think that same energy needs to apply to your whole life, whether good or bad. It's nothing to even label as good or bad. Just know that God's in full control and God is going to handle it. So that was what I took away. Whew. Okay. I was a little nervous breaking that down because I'm like, hopefully it's understandable. Hopefully you guys get it. Um, there was just a lot in this in this book of Job. I would love to hear y'all's interpretations. I hope y'all are commenting down below. We're going to run a brief intermission so I can take a quick breather. But I think I've gotten out everything that I wanted to say. Thank you, God, for getting me through this because God knows I was nervous. I literally sat in bed for a while before we came to talk about it. We're going to run the brief intermission and then we will do the advice column submission and we're just going to end today's show. All right. Run the brief intermission. If you're still here, that means you fuck with today's episode. So if you need advice, call in, all right? 240-587-3186. Call in, leave me a voicemail, and I'll address it in the next episode. Again, the number is 240-587-3186. Before we get back into the episode, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe if you are watching this on YouTube. And if you're tuned in on podcast streaming platforms, make sure you leave a review and a rating. All right, let's head back into today's episode. All right, you guys, welcome back. We're getting into the Dear Constance segment. For those of you guys that are new here, I love to give advice to my viewers. I don't care what you need advice on. You can always make a submission, and I will get you right. If you need advice, give me a call, 240-587-3186. You can also click the link down below in the description box or the link in my Instagram bio at Constance the Pod. That will take you to my advice column, and there you can leave an anonymous submission. All submissions are anonymous, okay? I don't know who leaves them. This is a judgment-free zone. This is a safe zone and your secret is always safe with me all right so we're gonna hop into today's submission i did pull it from reddit and it reads mm, hold up okay <laughs> it reads dear constance i know this is a sensitive subject for some but i'm lost on what to do how do i deal with my girlfriend's odor i have been with my girlfriend for over a year now she has always been slightly aromatic possibly because of how wet she always seems to be. And obviously this is no new concept by any means. And usually it's nothing that can just be ignored. But after a few months, it's got to the point where oral wasn't an option anymore. She is ashamed because it's the number one on my list. And slowly but surely, my desire for sex at all is diminishing fast. I brought up the subject as gently and respectfully as I could and have tried to offer my help and cooperation to figure it out together multiple times throughout a relationship. It's obviously and understandably a very sensitive and embarrassing subject, and she usually just shuts down emotionally at the mention. I've tried to explain how important our intimate relationship is, and I only want us to both be satisfied with it. But the idea of even show, showering first to prepare for sexy time was deemed too much effort. Mm -mm. And she's been to the OBGYN, and she's clear and healthy. Part of me is worried that my bloodhound nose may be a part of the issue, but this is the first time any feminine order has affected me this much. I truly love this woman. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm proud to be her partner. I want nothing more than for us to be to both be happy with each other. But I'm at a loss of how to handle this. We both can't just forsake our sexual needs. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Okay. 
I get that she's been to the OBGYN, but when she goes to the OBGYN is her concern or reason for going her older, it should be because they can give her some help in case it is something deeper than whatever I could possibly come up with. The next thing, her not wanting to shower before is a problem. I think that she should because it's not too much effort. You should want to be clean before getting to that point in time. I've talked about it before. I'm a shower before having sex time a person I think that's normal and I think she should try to adopt that just to make it easier for you um you and her because she's not getting pleased if she don't smell good like it's you, we all know bodies have smells but at the same time it shouldn't be so bad that she don't want to do the do so she needs to start taking showers and maybe start considering her hygiene is her ph off what does she use to clean down there is she using soaps and things I think you guys should probably just go to the OBGYN and express the odor concern rather than her just going for a regular checkup. Um, and I think she should start taking showers. And I think you guys should, you know, I think she should maybe change her hygiene routine because she shouldn't smell that bad. That's my advice. You know, obviously they have natural smells. Also her diet. What is she eating? Because if she's eating a lot of junk foods or whatever, I don't know, whatever she's eating or drinking, that could affect her smell too. So she might want to change her diet. I mean, I think healthier foods will make for a, a healthier smell. Fruits and veggies, incorporate those more. Um, those are my tips, I think. But I think all in all, this sh it shouldn't only be your concern. It should be her concern too. So if she's not concerned, that's a little concerning. So um, I think you should. I think y'all should just take the professional route and go and talk to OBGYN and let them tell her exactly what's going on. Because they'll be able to smell it too and let her know like, okay, this is normal. This is not normal. I, I can't smell it, so I don't know what it smells like. But that's what I would do. Okay. Um, if you guys have advice for this person, leave it down below in the comment section. As I was reading it, I was like, okay, this is such a funny pick for a Bible study episode. So I'm going to revamp today's episode name just so that. I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come up with a cool name for it. How do y'all like the names of the episodes? I don't know how I choose them. Sometimes I just go with whatever I pulled out of the bowl. That's something else I have to do today, too. I've got to fill up the bowl. I've got a day ahead of me, and it's already 2 o'clock. Late start. Um, yeah, let me know how y'all like the titles. Let me know what y'all love about Constance the Podcast. Leave me a review and a rating after today's show, especially if you loved it. Get into the podcast app on your phone. If you have an iPhone, search for Constance the Podcast and leave me a review and a rating, please. Don't forget, tonight we're going on Instagram Live at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know how long I'll be on live. I never really know how long I'll be on live. I'm just on there for as long as you guys are on there, for as long as the conversation is going. So hop on, let's chit-chat, let's talk, let's kiki, let's have a good time. What else do I need you guys to do? Follow me everywhere at Constance the Pod. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Constance the Pod. Follow me on um, my personal pages. At Black Mocha, VLACKM0 CHA. I'm on all social media platforms. You'll find me there. Make sure you guys subscribe to my YouTube, Black Mocha, because that's where my monthly vlog will be, and that's where you guys can see the red carpet interviews and things like that. What else, you guys? If you want your music featured on the show, send me an email, constancethepodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it. Everything else I need you guys to do will be down below in the description box below. Don't forget, if you want to contribute to my podcast equipment and setup, dollar sign Constance and one is my cash app, and my cash app is open. Um... You guys stay blessed. Have a great rest of your day. And I will see you guys tonight on Instagram Live. I love you and I appreciate you. See you later. Peace.